I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello there, everyone. You're welcome again to the Game on Sunday podcast. Michael Lester here with you. Good to have you along. And I am joined again this week by Tomas Mulcahy to talk hurling, Martin Carney to talk, of course, football, and to reflect and to look forward to what's coming up over the next week or so uh, in terms of Gaelic Games. Gentlemen, how are you keeping? How are we all doing? Not a bother, Michael. Not a bother, Tomas. Yeah, we're all very good, Michael. All very good. Yeah. Very good. good. Stuff. A, a, a bit jealous of a, of a man behind the scenes and Mr. Paul Burns to say that he was in Las Vegas on Sunday night. He said he got close to Taylor Swift. I don't know how close he got, but... Well, I, I wouldn't like the boy Well, uh, can, can I just say, knowing Paul, uh, to, to explain to people, Paul <laughs> works with us here on the podcast, but he's a former... Editor of the Sunday game. Yes. And Noid falls very well down through the years. He would have got as close to Taylor Swift as was possible to get. Oh, Paul, Paul, yeah, was all jealous already. No, we're all praying for a happy death at our age. Anyway, listen, well, I, I tell you what, that, that was a great gig. It was um, never been at a Super Bowl mainly because I'm not that particular interested in American football. But uh, have you guys ever been to Las Vegas? No, never there. No, I haven't. No, no. Oh, Jesus, it's, it's unreal. I mean, it's it's everything that, that, uh, that you would expect, like the hype and the myth uh, of this, this city in the middle of the desert, kind of, you know. But uh, uh, it's, it's one of those places... Everybody, if they could, should go to a some stage, kind of, you know. But but you'd only you'd only need to spend two or three days in it, uh, max, because after that you'd be a complete head wreck, you know. Um, <laughs> Martin, um, we we were we were down one morning myself, my wife Anne, 
uh, because we were taking a helicopter trip up to the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. Wow! Uh, but but you come down, you come down to this lobby of the hotel, and it was a nice hotel. Um, and there were people playing slot machines at six o'clock in the morning. One of them, by the way, that I happened to notice was a nun with a credit card uh, plugged into the slot machine. And she was just sitting there pressing buttons, kind of. You know, I think she was still half asleep, but she was every, every 15, he, he 20. He was in charge of recruitment, Michael. <laughs> I don't. I, 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 I don't know who was. Keep it going. <laughs> Nuns on the run, huh? Nuns on the run. <laughs> I didn't anyway. think they get credit cards. Credit cards. Oh, was she winning? Was she winning, Michael? Well, she was sitting there looking a bit long, so I presume. She <laughs> <was>. <laughs> Yeah. But, but in actual fact, over over in a in a corner of the lobby, they they had this they had this display and this big cardboard cutout uh, of some person who had won the previous week a million dollars on the slot machines. Oh my god! Wow! And needless to say, of course, anywhere you go in the world, there's an Irish bar, and in this particular hotel, the the bar in the hotel was called the Nine Fine Irishmen. Right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you managed to find it, you did, yeah. You, you, we managed to find it, we did, yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, let's have a look, Tomas. Let's talk hurling first of all, just a, a review of, of last weekend and looking through the fixtures and the results, etc. and so forth. I suppose from your point of view, the one that you would have been interested in was Cork and Kilkenny, of course. Um, and... Now, this was a one-point game, Kilkenny winning it by a point. But at the same time, there was a there was a bit of kind of, I won't say whinging, but like the Cork manager afterwards said, uh, we need to figure it out, really. Um, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of whinging and ranting from Cork Villas on Saturday night, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah but, but clearly, clearly it was a... In actual fact, one of the reporters on the match, reading the, the, the papers the following day, described some of the Cork players behaving like traffic cones. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah look, Mike, fair Michael, fair? Yeah, look, I, I was at the match, right? And yeah, after yeah. I, I was there and look, um, the one thing that kind of buzzed me up was the size of the crowd. I think close to 16,500 for our National Hurling League match on a Saturday night. Um, it showed the appetite that was there. I, I, I didn't think there was a far to kick any supporters there. It was the majority of Cork. So it shows the, the level of hunger that there is for success, but also the, the level of support there that's for, for, for the hurling team as well, right? And that's that's big numbers. And it was an awful Saturday here with rain. And look, and I, I would probably put a, another two or 3,000 people off going on Saturday night because it was being televised live. And you could have got close to 20,000, which would have been a fantastic crowd. But you you got the sense with the car crowd even after twenty minutes of the game they weren't happy this wasn't going the way it was planned um we were expecting a big reaction after the Clare match losing the way they did against Clare and to be honest Michael if Kilkenny were ten points ahead at halftime I I would have had no argument with it they were that far ahead um they used possession much better than Cork did they had some. Uh, got incredible scores all over the field and Cork got a goal just a couple of minutes before halftime that kind of put a sense of 
some purpose in the score. They say that there was something to fight for in the second half. But um, Kilkenny on that first half period. And I think that was the one thing that annoyed Cork. That um, I, I know it's early days, it's February. Um, but the amount, the space and the room and the time that the Kilkenny guys had to work the ball out from the goalkeeper, out through the defence, through the lines. There was two on ones all over the field and nobody picking them up and nobody within 10, 15 yards of them and they're scoring at will. And kind of people were upset about that because they, they felt that's we need more than that. We need we need a, a bigger commitment than that. And even as stages in the game, I mean, look, it's the modern game of hurling that we're looking at. We probably had 12 fellas behind the ball, even from halfway line back with limited numbers up front and you see Patrick Horgan inside and there's three Kilkenny guys around him and no matter what you're Messi or Ronaldo or Mo Salah you're, there's nothing you can do if there's three three versus one and um, that disappoints me in terms of the result it's the game plan we're using and the way we're playing the game kind of disappoints me I thought we would have learned over the last two to three years that we've done something similar and I, I would have said this to you on a few occasions, Mike. It's it's more now like the opposition know how Cork are going to set up and how they actually approach the game when they come. And um, again, we got a, we had a good number of turnovers. We lost possession, and um, that's the disappointing side of it. And I know Pat Ryan said afterwards, "Look, it's not about the league for him this year. They went down that road last year. Yeah, you know, and uh, we're disappointed in in a league semi final last year and." Probably more emphasis now is going to be towards championships. Still early days, but disappointing, yeah, definitely. I, I, I totally, I, I totally understand uh, all that aspect of it. And I, I totally appreciate the fact that you can't, as you said yourself, Tomas, there, read too much into league results this time of the year. As no, as no, whatever. But having said that, stats are still stats, you know. And and this is Cork at the bottom of the standings now, Division One A, two games. Uh, two defeats, and and that 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 creates, whether you like it or not, a certain anxiety. It it, it does, Michael, and the, and the big thing there, right, from a car perspective, is like you're trying to get continuity, you're trying to get consistency, you're trying to get a team that will gel together, and you use the league at times to give guys an opportunity. But when you lose matches, Michael, what happens next week when they sit down, sit down to pick a team for the next day? Are they going to change again? Is there more faces going to come into the equation? So are you going to get that consistency? Have you that time then between now and championship to turn around? And look, they're at zero points at the end of the table. Offley above them, Wexford above them. They have those matches to come. Their next game is Waterford. There is a chance to turn it around, but... Um, you, you look at on that side of it and you say, look, yeah, Sean Toomey was probably a bright spark for them. Substitutions, Mark Coleman coming on made a big difference. John Milrick made a difference. But like the standout performer for me was Kilkenny's Adrian Mullen. I thought he was absolutely brilliant and was and like uh, talking to some of the Kilkenny guys afterwards, the time and effort that he's putting into his game at this stage is, is, is seemingly fantastic. And uh, it showed, I mean, his point scoring, his vision. Was fantastic, and if he can had, if he can contribute there in that forward line with the other guys, like I mean, Kilkenny not going to be far away because um, um, I like it, the, the the hurling they played. It's 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 a different from the old style Kilkenny that we've seen. They've adopted the change over the last number of years, and uh, with Derek Ling uh, particularly as well, and Connor Feeling as coach, right? They go the shorter route if they need to, but there are times, Michael, when they go long and they need to go long, and they did that on, on, on occasions, and and they mixed it up big time. 
And Cork weren't it, it, like that. We were too short. And like they brought in Walter Walsh, caught a ball at the edge of the square, probably should have had a penalty, missed an opportunity for goal as well. And they were from direct balls inside as well. So there is a mixture with Kilkenny and uh, they're they're looking very, very sharp at the moment as well. Go on, Mark. Yeah. Could, could I just come across that, Tomás? I watched the game um, and, again, I love watching hurling, but I couldn't get over the lack of effort and intensity in the first, say, 25 minutes from Cork. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, they just didn't seem to kind of get to the pitch of the game or have the spirit necessary to go in and contest 50-50 balls. And you're talking about, you know, Cork and Kilkenny, they, top of the tree in hurling as such. What shocked me the other day in reading it, I didn't realise that, is it 20 years since Cork last won an All-Ireland in senior hurling? 2005, Martin, yeah, 2005. Yeah, and again, is it 10 years since Kilkenny won an All-Ireland Hurling final? It's eight years, I think, with Kilkenny, yeah. Years, yeah, and there are considerable gaps, like for two teams with their traditions and with their history. And um, <laughs> Absolutely, Martin, right? <laughs> I mean, um, whatever about Kilkenny from Cork, oh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a disaster, to be honest with you, you know, Um who would have said back in 2005 that we 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 would be waiting this long for for an mm-hmm. Ireland? You know, we were there in 2013 and just last uh, in the replay to clear and probably had that match won. But no, it's 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 not good. But I'm I'm probably I'm optimistic, right? In terms of I look at teams at the moment, Michael, and I say to myself, who wants to win the national hurling this stage the way we've spoken about for the last 12 months in terms of the compactness of the season? I know you must show a bit of form. But if you're about to go to a league semi-final and a league final this year and with tough matches, you're out two weeks afterwards into a Munster camp- Championship campaign. And I would, I personally would love to see Cork perform better in a Munster Championship campaign to get out of that group to get him to the All-Ireland series. And if that's kind of saying, we're not going to get to a league si- semi-final, yeah, you've got to play better, way better than they played last Saturday night and against Clare. But I would back the management to say that this is how they're going to plan it this time round. It's going to be different from where they were last year um, because championship, it's 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 being end-all down here in Cork, to be honest with you. You're only be remembered for most of the championship campaigns and All-Ireland series, right? And I know it would be nice to win a National League, but it's about All-Ireland. And Pat Ryan was very clear about that afterwards. He could only be judged as a manager by getting this guys, these guys out of the Munster campaign, out of that Rome Robin, and into the All-Ireland series. But it is interesting also, though, <clears throat> that if you look at uh, the, the uh, Division 1B standings, <clears throat> Yes, Limerick, the All-Ireland champions. They're up at the top mm-hmm. of the table, along with Tip. And Galway are uh, up there, thereabouts as well. And then I suppose down the other end, Antrim and, and Westmead, kind of as you would expect, kind of done. Although, uh, in the case of Antrim and Westmead last weekend, Westmead put up a good effort uh, against Limerick. And Antrim should have beaten Dublin. In fact, they, they let that one slip through their fingers almost literally at the end. Yeah, they did, Michael, up the score and that was 17 points to, you know, to, to 120 for Westmead against Limerick and, and Westmead led for long periods in that game and it was only the last 10 minutes that Limerick kind of pushed away on that side of it. And then you look at Antrim and Dublin, it was 119 to 120, right, in favour of Dublin and Antrim looked to have that game won as well. Uh, it's 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 a massive win for me, I don't know, because um, <laughs> there have been a lot of 
salient questions asked in terms of if Antrim had beaten Dublin and Dublin were down the bottom of the pile and, and Antrim above them with the two points, right? So, um, and look, the game of the weekend probably was was Tipperary versus Goblin, Michael, in, in, in Taurus and won 26 to 24 points. I'm sure Liam Cal will be very, very uh, excited with the amount of um, or the good performance that he's getting, blooding a lot of new players. And like he's been involved at under minor level and under 21 level himself for a couple of years. So he's bringing a lot of those uh, guys through. And I suppose, Martin, some, one of the stats we, we spoke about last week and uh, what I was looking at uh, uh, like was for the likes of Clare, who were performing brilliantly as well, and the great win of Waterford was... Like Gerard O'Connor, who played midfield with Tip last last weekend, last Sunday, that was his ninth game in thirty-one days between UL wow. and Tip. Wow, wow! And I think something similar with Mac Rogers from Clare as well in terms of Fitzgibbon Cup hurling and uh, National League campaigns as well. So, like, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about player welfare and player burnout, but the players themselves. I saw an interview there where they were where they were re- uh, uh, interviewed. And they said, what else would we like to be doing? We love playing matches. Um, we want to be involved. Uh, we get a break from the, the county train on Tuesday night because we're with the cottages. But it's still not asking an awful lot of amateur players in my book, to be honest with you. Nine games. Nine games in 31 days. That's that's incredible. Uh, it is. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. There's no question about that. Um, Martin, let's talk a bit of football. Yes. Because, of course, it's a football weekend coming up. And... Uh, couple of interesting games to say at the very least were there in Division 1 I suppose for me the, the one that catches the eye for most people the one that catches the eye is Kerry and Mayo Yeah an interesting one Kerry and Mayo I mean um, Mayo started quite well and um, they have managed full points so far even though the last night out against Galway or against Dublin rather I thought they were very poor at times and Dublin I thought in general were the better team over the course of the match but two things happened. Uh, they got a goal at the right time in the second half um, from an unlikely source, um, Stephen Cohn. And, you know, we talk about formulaic uh, football. We talk about the structure and order in games, Michael. But in the last minute of the game, Ryan O'Donoghue was out on the sideline taking a free kicker. He was arguing with, well, maybe arguing is overstating it, with Killian O'Connor as to who should take it. But with a little bit of improvisation and risk-taking, he put the ball, he saw his moment, he put the ball uh, to um, Fergal Boland, who who just happened to wander loose. The Dublin players were kind of intent on, shall we say, covering the free kick. Boland uh, just managed to get loose. Donoghue saw him with the ball, pinpoint accuracy, and the ball went over the bar and Mayo won it by a point. And in many respects, you could kind of define it as a smash and grab raid. But nonetheless, it was um, it on the on the basis of perseverance alone, uh, Michael, I felt that Mayo d- uh, deserved it. But they're going to carry at the weekend. Now, it's a rare one in some respects. Mayo d- destroyed Kerry in the league here last year. I think they beat them by a, a seven points, having been 11 up at half time. They beat them in May, I think, in the championship in Killarney. It was the first time that Kerry had been beaten in Killarney in 28 years, Michael. And yeah. uh, so this weekend, I think, Kerry, you know, they lost their opening game against Derry down there. They won't want to actually kind of lose three in a row on home ground. 
and I think they give it an indication of where they're going to be, Michael, from what we saw the last day, insofar as they brought in the Cliffords, they brought in Ty Morley, they brought in Adrian Spillane at half-time. Guys, I think maybe that John, John O'Connor might have actually wished to hold back a little bit longer. But I think they're going to make um, life very difficult for Mayo and basically, I think it'll be the game of the weekend, Michael. And for Mayo, it'll it'll kind of, shall we say, define a lot and give them a realistic, um, shall we say, sense of where they're at. But they'll be keen to build on the winning habit. Uh, their midfield and defence is good, but like Mayo teams for a while, I still think they have a lot of work to do up front. But I'm excited about the game. Sean O'Shea showed great form for Kerry the other day at, at, at full forward. I think he got 8-6 from play. And with the two Cliffords in alongside him, this makes for a very entertaining game on, on Saturday night in Frilly. And it's one that Jack O'Connor certainly would not be keen to go uh, become second best in. No, I'm sure he will not. But uh, also looking, Martin, at the Division 1 table, um, down at the bottom of the table, the only team with no points are Dublin. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Like, I mean, the the, the Dublin games today, I mean, as I said, this at the last day out against uh, Mayo, I thought uh, they were the sec- uh, they were the better team for long periods and had Mayo um, basically where they wanted them for for long periods. But um, that concession of a goal from, you know, an unlikely source and again, the little bit of carelessness at the end. And what you saw late in the game that day, Michael, from uh, Dublin, which was unusual, there was a little bit of panic. There was a little bit of, there was a lack of composure when chances kind of presented themselves. And when you couple that then with the surprise defeat at home to Monaghan, for Manahan, in fact, put three goals past them. They will be very, very keen to get back in winning ways at the weekend against Roscommon. And you know, if, okay, it's 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 only the third game of the league. There's another, whatever it is, four after this before the league is completed. Dublin did play in the second division last year and went on to win it. Uh, went on to to win the on Ireland. But I just sense it, they'll want to kind of reclaim winning ways. They'll probably introduce a couple of new players, maybe to you know to support the experience group that were there incidentally from that experience group there was no James McCarthy there the last night I think I gather his wife was expecting and he stayed at home understandably but you had a young fella came in that did impress me even though he missed a good opportunity of of a, a point and an Okasi burn lad big 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 I think that was his name now I'm, I, I may be wrong on that Big, big, strong wing forward. And I think he's somebody, you know, I'd like to see again from a Dublin perspective. He's somebody I think that's exciting and has a lot of potential. But then, no, they'll be keen to win. Roscommon, probably, you know, the last day against Galway, I gather from people who are at it, I was speaking to somebody who was at it, it was virtually impossible to play football in Hyde Park the last day with the wind that was there. So, But nonetheless, they got a point out of it. And they were beaten just by three points against uh, Tyrone. They had, do you remember that game last summer where they held on to the balls for six solid minutes against Roscom or against yeah. Dublin? 
and cause it's very very seldom you hear a crowd booing a team but the Dublin uh, shall we say supporters that they booed Roscommon because of the way they played and Roscommon will try to do the same thing they will try to frustrate them as much as they possibly can for the entirety of the game and just at the moment, I think Roscommon, okay, Dermot Mortis doing uh, doing well. They have Ben O'Carroll back in the forward line. I, I think it's Connor Cox came in the last day and scored five points for them. I think four of them okay from freeze. But they'll be they. I still think they will they will do their best to frustrate Dublin. But I cannot see Dublin letting this one slip. They'll want to just build the winning habit. And uh, you, you know, when you think of it this way, Michael, their preparation for the All Ireland series is through the league because they're not going to be realistically um, uh, tested, as far as I'm concerned, in the in the Leinster Championship this way or this year in the way that we're looking at Leinster teams performing in the league at the moment. And Tomás, bring you in on this because if you if you cast your eye down to Division 2 you're looking at your own county Cork Cork footballers in this case uh, down the bottom of the table they are in a, a bit of a precarious situation here. They are um, Michael yeah and the two losses like yeah it's 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 probably worrying times for John Cleary and um, you know I was with John recently there and uh, having a chat with him and Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The time and effort that putting into it is is just incredible, um, and like they've Kevin Walsh involved as well. Um, but look, Martin, you can you you'll probably see them as stuff uh, as well. I mean, the concern the concern is there to lose another match. You put yourself in danger of uh, yeah. of going but up the something... top of the right? You know, and I mentioned that to you the last time, Martin. Like I don't agree with that system to be honest with you because we can't afford to be low mead and we can't afford. Maybe we can let Cork or anybody else like that to be going down at that that, that level. It's, it's 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 not good if you have a sponsor or for gate receipts or matches and stuff like that as no. well. And you know, I, I I worry about that. I do worry about it to be honest with you. Well, there's a couple of things I would question on that. Like when you think of Cork's first two games that they had in in Division Two this year, they had to travel up to Ballabuff Day for the first for the first game, and um, you know, Donegal scored twenty one times on them. I think a goal in twenty points. Then they had to travel to Louth for the second game. Now I don't know who is who is in charge of scheduling, but I think that was damnably unfair on Cork. You know, home. 
home and away, home and away, I think for the most part, certainly over the first two games, should be the norm. But to me, the most exciting and intriguing division in the football world at the moment is the second division. Because what you have, I found it very unusual this week, Moss and Michael. I find it very unusual for a county chairman, as in Mick Gorman and Kildare, openly being critical of his manager, Glenn Ryan. And, you know, he was just saying openly that he had spoken with Glenn Ryan. He was annoyed with the results. The supporters were annoyed with the results. But something like that, you know, a discordant note like that, I think pulls everybody down. I think in any way, it creates a distrust then between the management and the and the executive and the county board. It adds to an element of tension to everything. It increases the pressure on the team. And I think that unity of purpose that you need is covered by doing something yeah, like Martin, that. Yeah, Martin, that's, that's, that's interesting. And Michael, it's the same because I, I think there was something similar um, here in Cork over the weekend as well in terms of that result against Kilkenny in the Harding and Pat Ryan kind of saying, look, focus is on championship. Uh, yeah, we mm-hmm. have to win a couple of league matches, but the big focus is going to be on championship. And I don't think Kevin O'Donovan, the CEO of Cork GA, was too impressed with that as well. And I mean... I suppose when you come to gate receipts from the league are more beneficial to county teams, I think, than they are than the, the gate receipts on championship. Yeah, because um, it's a provincial, yes, 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 uh, is what I gather, right? And um, you where the, the probably chairman is coming and and this, the CEO of Cork GA is coming is in terms of you need to be performing at the highest levels to get your big crowds in February and March. You need to be getting the top opposition down to get big numbers attending gates to oh, get re- gate receipts as well, right? You know, so yeah. they're coming from one side and then you have a manager trying to prepare a team to say, okay, let's go through the phases of the National League. Let's get maybe a couple of wins under a belt. But the big emphasis is going to be championship time, you know? So there is a balance there, definitely, you know? Yeah, but you made the point earlier, Tomas, how bad it would be for football if the likes in Cork and Kildare. Yeah, but the reality is, unless they pick up points fairly soon, the top four teams or the top five teams in second division might be the only ones that actually qualify for Sam Maguire. Like, say, for example, if Mies uh, are in the bottom three, Mies are in the race for Sam next year on the basis of their um, on the basis of their Talton Cup win. The way the Munster Championship is run this year, you're going to have a Division Three or Division Two, uh, Division Three or Division Four team in the Munster final, and there'll be a second tier team. So you could, you could have um, the, the 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 second from bottom and the third from bottom team in Division Two playing Talton Cup. And as we speak, the two teams that are there. Kildare, well, Mies are in third from the bottom, but it could well be Cork and Kildare end up in the Talton Cup, the way things are going, unless they reclaim the winning habit. Now, Cork are playing Cavan at the weekend. That's right, yes, Cavan. And like Cavan are really uh, uh, under new management, I gather they're really playing good football and were unlucky enough to, to lose the last city to Donegal. So there, the the big game, the big game to me at the weekend, and I was asking, and um, my daughter lives up in Lo- or, or in Meath, and I was asking about the uh, the importance of the Meath versus Lowe's game. Now, Column Column O'Rourke was, uh, you know, very very down after their defeat the last day to um, to Armagh. They were destroyed by Armagh, 
And like they are, like they have one point, okay, from their opening game against Fermanagh that they would have expected to win. But this this derby game, Mies and Loud, is as, shall we say, edgy and as kind of as on the, you know, as you could wish to get. And here Brennan and James McCartan and Niall Moyne, who are involved with Loud, will want to put one over on, um, on Mies and show to the tightest turn. That's rather the tightest turn, Brad. And Colm will want to establish form, will want to get back to winning ways. But this is going yeah. to be, I think, one of the games of the weekend to watch. Martin, can I, can I, can I just ask you, in terms of this Colton Cup, um, I know Colin came out last year because he was being um, criticised um, and he came out very strong in, in kind of in favour of the Colton Cup. And, a kind of a, a couple of Cork supporters have said to me, "Wouldn't Cork football be better off going down and competing in the Talton Cup and maybe winning a Talton Cup and then get themselves up 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 the ladder after that?" But surely, be the god, like Mead or Kildare or a Cork going down, that can't be good for football. Well, again, you you basically in theory it can't be good for football, but unless football is thriving within the county at club level. Unless all elements of it are working together, then there is no guarantee that that teams are going to stay at the at the top. Okay, I agree with you. You want to see, like historically, they are the best. But pre- at present, at present, Cork and Mees and Kildare have put themselves in situations where they're going to be judged as second rate unless they get back into winning habits. And it's it's what they what might happen by them going into the Tottenham Cup. They're bringing it on themselves. Okay, you can say that Kildare, for example, this year haven't got a home ground in in in, um, in Newbridge. That they're playing a lot of. I think their home game, their first home game, was played in Carlo. But unless teams, unless county, unless club football, for example, in a county is strong, unless there is a unity of purpose there between everybody, and unless teams continue to kind of perform and and develop winning habits, the the inevitable kind of uh, uh, upshot of the lot is that they will go down to the Thompson Cup. Yes, in theory, it may not be good, but in reality, reality, you'd cast a hidden performer very, very well. In the All Ireland Series club, yeah, right? uh, y- yes. But right. how many, uh, how many of those are going to come into the Cork team? Do you think? Well, you'd, you 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 would have three or four of them involved there, right? So, and and again, they're not available at the moment, right? In terms of, okay. you know, so it, it, yeah. you're 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 penalising somebody that has had a success at club level for a county team that are not available, right? And it's. I, I, I does, it doesn't stick well with me, to be honest with you, where this Talton Cup is coming about. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're speaking as a Cork man with Cork in mind. You take Mickey Hart like up in Derry. Mickey Hart, six days after his boys uh, won the All-Ireland, he had them playing in, the, in, in, in their opening league game. And he had them playing in their opening league he, game. He, was, they, played, they played their opening league game against Kerry. In, in against Kerry, yeah. that's right. And they played the last day. They were outstanding in that derby the last day against Tyrone. And basically, he, he's, he, you know, they've shown a willingness and an appetite to play, to represent their county. Probably Mickey is kind of insisting on it to a degree. But, you know, you just ask yourself maybe the question logically. Um, why weren't the Castle Haven guys prepared to do the same thing? I don't know. I can't answer that. But certainly in Derry, the lads up there were prepared to go out the following week. 
play with the county and the county has benefited as a consequence. And the Castlehaven lads need to start uh, probably now representing the county if they're if they're picked. And it's not a case of waiting around a couple of weeks. This league passes very, very quickly. It's finished by the end of March. And uh, unless unless they kept cracking very quickly, there ain't going to be a, a race for Sam Maguire later on. And I can I swing the conversation, lads, around again to hurling for a moment, <clears throat> and uh, to ask just ask you about one thing that uh, we were reading during the week, uh, which was Shane Dowling was making comments about the inability of the GDR, not the inability, but the fact that they haven't appointed a hurling development officer since the last incumbent uh, left the post. And he's been very critical about that. Have you any thoughts on that? Yeah, Michael, there's there's a lot of rants have come over the last two weeks, to be honest with you, right? Um, Dola Logue had a big one on Saturday night on RT television. I didn't see it live, but I I, I went back on, on the clips. And um, he's obviously pre- he's president of the GPA, and he's questioning authorities as well. Um, I do agree with Shane Downing in terms of the hurling development side of it. Yeah, I, I think it's critical. I think it should happen. Um, and like you would be asking in terms of people that within the GPA in terms of if 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 they're keen on something like that, why isn't it being pushed further? Why isn't there being more questions of being asked of it? Because um, it's 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 important, Michael. And uh, you know, you had Martin Fogarty there who was kind of there uh, before. You had Sheedy who was there. And anything that different that they can bring to the game or insight to the game or sit down and speak to people about the game and particularly the the, the counties from from we'd say with the lesser success and you know um I watched the the league Sunday and you know the interview that was there with 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 Duane Cantwell and you know the Westmead manager and you know the loud player and you're kind of saying to themselves yeah every opportunity should be given to them right and. I remember in the past, I played National League matches against Westmead. You know, we played against Carlin games. And have they improved even since then, Michael? They were at an acceptable standard. But is the appetite, as the lad said, is the appetite there within the GA to bring them to another level, to bring them up another level? Can they go another notch? Is the appetite within the county to do that, right? And I think there's... Even though people will say Arling is in a very good place, some people would say in, in, in other places it isn't really, to be honest with you, right? So, and you're looking at the same four or five teams every year coming to the forefront and being there. And look, it's 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 a huge topic, and I'm sure it's one that's going to be out around the place for the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, I was laughing today, Michael. We had a we had a big debate over the last couple of weeks in terms of Super Value Park in Queeve. I believe yeah. once once park in Waterford. Yeah, I know what you have to In terms of the naming rights, they're looking at a company called Hawaii, not Hawaii, Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. A Chinese company. So um <laughs> things are looking up, right? And um, fine feather spies was. <laughs> but and I look, um, I don't know, and, it, and it's important, I think, for the likes of Waterford as well. They're putting a lot of time and effort into Watch Park. They're developing the ground there again. But again, the enemy rights is, is going to be part and parcel of that as well. And, and, and it's, for me, it's great to see as well. So, uh, look, 
we're at the time of the year when the rents are going to come out from everywhere. And um, I think Don Love, Don Love was, 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 he was a bit uh, hit and miss, to be honest, which I think he contradicted himself on a good few occasions. He was getting out that we used to many stadiums and he was getting out of go Parky Cueve and that, 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 that stare and stuff like that. And the reality is Parky Cueve was condemned. It would not have been opened again. The actual health and safety standards that were there would, would not allow that Parky Cueve to be opened. So it had no other choice but the metal ball to come in and knock it down. Yeah, it, it was overspent. The debt is still there at 30 million, but it's a fantastic arena. I've been there last Saturday night in in in. in Massive, massive comfort to be able to watch a match with sixteen and a half thousand. You saw the success, and that's going to follow suit. Torres is going to go, go to go to get a big revamp. Martin, you're senior up your country in terms of football yeah, well, grounds uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's 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 the norm. Yeah. It's the expected to get your support to going now. You got yeah. to, got got to go and have comfort at the ground to be able to enjoy your match day experience and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well. So I think yeah, Don Rose was, was was out of order there. And if you look and at, by the look way, at, by the way, gentlemen, ju- just to, to 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 mention there on that point about sponsorship and companies and so forth, the the uh, prospective sponsors of Walsh Park and Waterford, come off the tour, I mentioned, I think they're Korean. Mobile uh, Korean, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but in, in fairness, if they're if they're prepared to put put their their money in and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, fair enough. The, the the one I'm going back Jeannie Mac a lot of years here now this wasn't about GEA uh, at the time but do you remember there was a lot of debate back in the day in soccer domestic soccer in Ireland when the, the league was sponsored by Kentucky Fried Chicken that's right that's right a very reputable company of course but um, I think uh, people took a lot of amusement out of the fact that it was called the Kentucky Fried Chicken League <laughs> I, I think I remember that. And Mr. Grace, and Mr. Grace, I think owned the That's Kentucky right, correct. Brand. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, incidentally, going back to uh, going back to Tomas's point, Michael, for a second, I mean, one of the projects that Eamon Ryan came out with uh, over the weekend, and again, this will go up Donald Oak's nose a little bit, is that they are kind of um, highlighting the fact that they're going to continue with large-scale projects on ground infrastructure around the country. And they're going to actually continue to support counties that want to create their own centres of excellence. Because players now want the best. Supporters want the best. And like, okay, I I, I was watching Don Logue and I I saw the fact that he figured of the 40 million or so that was being spent, uh, only 7 million went to the players as such. But nonetheless, if you haven't got good a good quality county ground at the moment to invite to kind of shall we say accommodate the people who pay good money to come through the turnstiles, then it's it's going to discourage people from coming. And I think the the onus is on kind of you know county boards. They, I know they're under huge pressure, but it's there's no doubt about it. In Eamon Ryan's annual report. There isn't going to be any cutback in this. They're going to continue helping county grounds to develop their 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 their, their um, infrastructures by way of centres of excellence and by way of grounds. Of course, they are, and I I, I suppose, the gentlemen, the, the part of the point about all of this debate is the fact that these days in Ireland, a lot of sports fans can jump on aeroplanes and go across right. the water and attend. <laughs> Uh, Premier League matches in whatever your favourite is, Old Trafford or right, yeah. Stadium and that yeah. kind of stuff, where they see the best of facilities. I mean, Old Trafford, 
Manchester United's ground is it's a fantastic stadium. And yet at the yeah. same time, they're talking about knocking it down and, and right. you know, so. yes. Like I've been in the Emirates, Michael. I've been in the Emirates where I've flown out on a Saturday morning here from Knock Airport. Yes, gone yeah. over there and, and been back in the house here the following morning at eleven o'clock. That's my point. That's my point. Exactly. You know, it's so easy to do that. Uh, just one of my neighbours has season tickets there, and every now and again, if he's away somewhere, he might just say, "Do you want to drop over?" And it's so simple to do it, Michael. And again, you get the best of facilities there. It's there. It's so accessible by way of flight and by way of train. And but it, it just on a different it's scale though, but nonetheless, in, on the basis of crowd comfort, uh, grounds that people come to uh, should be of a standard that kind of, in a sense, encourages people to come to rather than the opposite. Exactly, because a lot of people uh, who go to sports events these days, they're they're not necessarily um, diehard. That's uh, right. That's right. What they are, but but they want the day out, you know, and. And they want, as you said, as you guys said, the facilities around, you know, whether it's Crow Park or the Aviva or whatever the case is, you know, and just the enjoyable day out and the enjoyable experience. And of course, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Yeah, I, agree, I agree with you, Michael. And the previous weekend, you had, you had Munster there and the Crusaders in Parry Creep at 42,000 people there. And oh, what was lovely about that to us actually was Graham Roundtree's comments afterwards that yeah, he wants to I mean, more games there. Yeah, the feedback from around was was just incredible, and not just alone because it was far two thousand part and three. But you take the hospitality sector that has suffered greatly because of COVID and stuff like that as well. Places were full, bars, restaurants, a lot of money being spent in the city and stuff like that as well. And look, that's kind of a regular concept, Michael. You probably see it in Dublin more than I see it in terms of you have the rugby internationals, you have the soccer internationals, you have a lot, lot of the bigger sporting events between the Aviva and Crow Park. And like on a given Saturday in 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 February, um, the first week That's of February, right. you get forty two thousand people in the party brief, and like non GA people, the rugby guys down right. there were just were just were just raving about the facility, raving yeah. about how good it was, yeah. the atmosphere that was there, and how they yeah. enjoyed their, the the party brief experience, right? Which is which is fantastic, and the more and more yeah. we get of that, uh, I I think the better for everybody. Yeah, but Michael, oh, I remember, and Tomas, I remember a couple of weeks, uh, you know, two weeks earlier when Dublin came to town here, officially the attendance was uh, 14,800. There was about 5,000 youngsters in that aren't actually registered when they're coming through the turnstiles. But it was like Christmas Eve in town here. It was like Christmas Eve. Sure. restaurants, what it means economically to the town is unquantifiable. And like nights like that are so important, but again, to attract people, isn't it, isn't it a hell of a sight better to have a ground that is attractive, a ground that is accessible and a ground that offers comfort to a degree? Although admittedly, like maybe we're not on the same scale as Parky Keefe, but it, it does kind of encourage people to come and that's the way it ought to be. Yeah, and, and look, the other side of it, Martin, you mentioned, look, Don Lowe said there's only 7 million going from the 40 million that's been spent going into the player side of it. And look, we've argued that point. Where's this all, where's this all going to go? Is is this kind of starting well, to debate in terms of players should be paid? Uh, if that's the well, case and Don Lowe wants, let him come out and say that, right? Because, yeah, well, I, I, we had know. that comment here two weeks ago and I said, I, I, you know, I hope the day doesn't come. But to me, the genie's out of the bottle at this stage. The Big only time. people that aren't being paid in the dressing room are players. Let's be blunt about it. And someday, sooner than later, 
players are going to say are, are going to stand up and just going to say we're not playing unless you're going to give us a certain allowance. Okay, they get a reasonable allowance. I think they get three hundred euros for boots. They get all kinds of things, different things like that. I think they get seventy cents a kilometer, as far as I know, for expenses. But I think they will look for something more than that sooner rather than later. The way the whole thing is 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 going right now. I know it's it's uh, well. I I suppose that. This this um, this debate can be contentious, you know, broadly speaking, uh, about various aspects. But isn't it a good thing that if if the game is in such uh, a good health, then there's money coming into it, and if there's money coming into it, then it's 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 a positive going forward. You know, it's it's questioned then of how you spend the money, I suppose, and all that. Uh, listen, I, I better, I better, I just better close off on this. I dream the genie. Um, so I, I suppose we won't see, we won't see. Have we gone too far? I don't think we will. We see Davy Fitz going to Korea for a training session or China. I, I say, of course, look, if he's looking, if he's looking for a win out of those lads, he'd bring them anywhere. If you know, Korea, Korea. <laughs> I, I'd say it. I'd say it. I'd say at this stage, seeing seeing Tomas who he's facing next in, in the league. Uh, <laughs> oh, he'd, um, oh, he wants Park against uh, Super Valley <laughs> Park. Oh, yeah. I know you've turned on Seation. <laughs> he listen. He take he take he take those lads either to South or North Korea. <laughs> I think Michael, we've done badly political. We've raised a genie out of professionalism. <laughs> As I said to you, Martin, I dream of genie and I leave it on that. <laughs> all right, Michael. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for your time. Take care. Talk, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Here's Bye-bye. Talk to you again the next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.